Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where it's Lagba Omer, we've made it, or as I like to refer to it, as National Haircut Day. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, host here at That's Life, and head of social responsibility at Cross River. You can find me here every Thursday, right after Allison and right before Yussi's live lunch. So, yes, yes, it's Lagba Omer. We made it. Music is back to normal. Haircut stores and salons are full. We have wedding season up and running. And of course, so many people had had uh, smachot last night, so mazal tov to them. And of course, I would be remiss if I did not mention the one-year anniversary, or in this case, yard site, of the Mayrone tragedy. And of course, our thoughts and prayers are with all of those families who lost loved ones very tragically that night. And uh, to the Morris family here in New Jersey, um, who mourned the loss of their son, Donnie. And uh, it seems there was a major event last night in Israel in his memory, or in his honor, I should say. And um, which is a beautiful tribute, beautiful tribute. And um, it, I can't believe it was a year ago that we, <laughs> that we were literally in art scroll. Yes, the Lagba Omer show in Art Scroll is something that will remain a just a a I don't I don't even know how to explain it, frankly, but it will certainly remain in my mind as one of those most pivotal pivotal moments at the Nahum Siegel Network. And and the reason I say that is because the um, the Mayron tragedy had happened the night before, and of course we were supposed to be, and we were at Art Scroll the next morning with our Lagba Omer celebration, and with Avram, Rose, Ro, uh, Avram Rosenblum and the Diasperados, and we were prepared to go. We were prepared to go because yes, on some level the show must go on, but also there is no greater comfort to our Jewish community, and by that I mean the Nachum Siegel Network Jewish community, community, than hearing Nachum. And so, as we have seen so many times, and I have seen so many times over 10 and a half years, Nachum is the right place, is in the right place at the right time, and he's certainly the right guy for us. And um, at the beginning of the show, I'll never forget it, we got an email, or we got a comment on the app, um, questioning, shall we say, questioning our judgment in continuing with the show and the Lagbomer celebration. Okay, I hear that. I hear that in light of everything that was going on and the questions and people not knowing where other people were. And I, I get it. I got it at the time. We got it at the time. And the same person, when the show was over, that same listener commented that we had done a really good job. And I agree with that. That show that morning is a show I'm very proud of. But again, only Nahum. Only Nahum could have pulled that show off and could have been there the way we actually needed him to be there for us. So many people felt that way. So many people that morning felt that way. Oh, my word. We were all looking at each other. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And instead, we had, we had that moment. We had that moment where we were all together and we were receiving that Nechama as a community and as a nation. <sighs> Nachum Siegel, what can I say? So yeah, it's a year later. So many, so many things to note. 
Of course, the Celebrate Israel Parade, it's not a year later since the Celebrate Israel Parade. It's three years later since the Celebrate Israel Parade. It takes place this Sunday. If you are not participating, if you're not making your way into Manhattan, I get it. We, we, we will miss seeing you there, but I hope you tune in because, yes, the broadcast is back, 11.30 a.m., only here on the Nahum Siegel Network. I look forward to joining uh, Nahum on the air. Good times, like old times, right? I know. We'll see what happens, but I can't wait. I really am so looking forward to it. It is not an opportunity I take lightly. It is not an opportunity I take lightly. I also want to thank my uh, my Cross River family for looking at me and saying, yeah, of course, go, have a good time. All right. I appreciate that because really... God, I love that parade. I'm so excited that the parade is back. Tune in 11.30 Sunday morning. And of course, my thanks, our thanks to the Rothenbergs and the Rothenberg Law Firm who continue to have our back. Injurylawyer.com. I'm not sure where we'd be without you, but you guys are unbelievable. You can, you know, I should even mention, by the way, that Ross Rothenberg's wife, who I absolutely adore, texted me. She's like, you're going to be there on Sunday, right? I said, you bet. I can't wait. We'll do the national holidays actually at the end of the show um, because I'd like to get to my guests. Actually, if we get time, we'll get to the national holidays. That's totally fine. And the fortune cookie also is going to have to wait because my guest joins me this morning. I can't wait to speak to her. It has been a year. Wow. It's been a year already. I can't believe it. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. And a year ago, a year ago, Ariella Joel Benzakin joined me on the phone as I, I guess her official title is is Mother of Moshe. That's really the only title that she needs. She is an apraxia advocate as a parent of a child diagnosed with apraxia. And of course, we're going to hear more about that. It is National Apraxia Awareness Month. And there are a lot of awareness months and awareness days. And I know I make fun of them. I, I all right. I do make fun of them, but not this one. And I think the reason for that is is actually something I'm just going to discuss with Ariella. Ariella, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Thank you for joining me. I really appreciate that. A year later, a year later, right? I actually looked. I think it was May 13th you were on. Yeah. It's, un- it's unbelievable. So the reason I don't, I'm not mocking this National Awareness Month for a proxy awareness is because we still need to be aware in a way different, I think, than we're aware of other, um, other, you know, movement. I don't know. It's not even a movement diagnoses, etc. but there's something about this one because it's so new that I actually think the awareness month and awareness days are, are actually really important. Yeah. I mean, I agree. It's definitely, um, definitely amazing at how many people have never heard of apraxia. I never heard of it until Moshe had it. Um, so it's really amazing to raise that awareness and really get feedback from people that they love learning about it. And you've actually taken a, a slightly different approach this year than last year. You've been committed to posting, I think daily, right? For this month? About every other day, but yeah. Got it. And, and what made you take that change in approach? Um, you know, when I started last year, I really was very hesitant, um, but I got great feedback. People were really interested. People felt comfortable asking me questions and that's kind of what I wanted. Um, I wanted it for me. It was a good outlet for me and my husband to talk about it more. 
um, it just gave people kind of a comfort level of like, oh, now we kind of get it. Now we know what they're going through and we can relate a little bit better and understand Moshe. So let's let's take a minute just to re-explain because that's part of the awareness, right? Where we, we can identify or we understand or have an understanding of autism and, and other diagnoses out there. But let's let's start from the beginning so we can we can continue to educate people. What is apraxia? Sure. So apraxia, um, speech apraxia is a motor speech disorder. So it's a it's a neurological condition. It affects the brain pathways involved in planning your movements of speech. So you know what word you want to say, you want to say something, and the message has to get to your mouth. So with apraxia, something is wrong with that pathway, and the message doesn't get there clearly. So by the time it gets to your mouth, your mouth has to stop and say, wait, how do you want me to move to make each of those sounds? Mm. Um, So you know what you want to say, but getting the correct words out in the right way is the difficulty. And how does, um, how has, I I, I think that's, the, the question I want to ask now is, how has this been misdiagnosed in the past? Um, that's a really good question. I don't know exactly. Sometimes it's just a phonological disorder or just a language disorder or just sometimes, you know, they just can't talk and it is what it is. Mm. Um, so now there's really a lot more research going into it and trying to figure out you know, why it happens and how to help, what the best therapies are. Uh, so we're all still learning a lot more about it. And and how has your knowledge base changed from last year to this year? Um, that's a great question. Moshe has, has grown tremendously this past year. And while I was researching apraxia, I did hear a lot that when they're five and six, there's really a tremendous, um, I think, learning more about Um, how children acquire language and learning more about the different types of therapies that are out there and available nowadays um, has really helped in many, many ways. And, and how does the therapy, I mean, listen, I I can't, I've, I've had two children who have had speech therapy in a million years. I don't think that they're, that the method that's used for speech therapy for, you know, a mainstream child is the same thing that's happening for a child who's been diagnosed with a proxy. So how does that look different? How does the therapy look different? So there are many types of therapies that you can use with children with apraxia. Um, so again, since since the difficulty is learning the complex sequenced movements needed for intelligible speech, you're, you're not learning each sound independently. You really have to learn how your mouth should move for each part of the sound. So if you're learning A, you have to learn that your mouth has to open and then widen. So you really have to learn, you know, all of the parts of sound um, in specific ways. So there's one type of therapy that's called prompt therapy, where the therapist physically helps you move your mouth muscles to learn that muscle memory of how it should move. Um, there's a lot of, of shaping of the mouth and multisensory cueing. Um, and the important part with therapy for kids with apraxia is that it needs to be frequent. It can't just be once a week. It really is important to be multiple times a week for those muscles to really get that muscle memory and to learn how to move in those ways. And can I imagine that one-on-one face-to-face as opposed to on FaceTime or on mm-hmm. Zoom or, I don't know, with a mask, mask. on? Yes. Yeah. yeah let's <laughs> let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. So that was a real struggle, um, having the masks on either Moshe or the therapist is really not 
helpful or effective. Um, many speech therapists, thankfully, got these masks that are clear right over their mouth so he mm. can at least see their face. Um, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely something that it gets in the way. Um, but but he's a hard worker. He's really the therapists are hard workers. And it's just you do what you got to do. No, I hear that. I hear that. But I, I can only imagine. I mean, he's he's how old now? He just turned six. How does he have the patience? I don't I wouldn't have the patience to to <laughs> to undergo this. I mean, no, how, it's really it's really a blessing. I mean, it's it's just the type of kid he is also. He's been in therapy since he was a baby. So part of it is just what he's used to and he's always done therapies. Um, but And there are times when he gets frustrated and doesn't want to do it anymore and he'll come to me and say, all done. Um, but, <laughs> but he's just a hard worker. You know, we do five minutes at a time. It's a lot of playing games and it's a lot of, you know, let's say this word five more times, then we're going to play a game. Um, but But it's really, it's just who he is. He's really a hard worker. He really is motivated. Um, and with him, we always joke around, like we know that it'll happen, but like in his own time and when he wants to. Unbelievable. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I'm joined by Ariella Benzakin, and she is the mother of Moshe and an Aproxia advocate. Um, And and we spoke to Ariella a year ago, and we're sort of recapping as to where Moshe is and what we know now about Aproxia that we didn't know a year ago or certainly before that. You know, just before I even get to that point, I'm just thinking for a second as to how many... How many cases like these obviously existed before we were able to identify aproxia as a diagnosis and how many kids were probably sent for, I don't know, hundreds of, of auditory, you know, audiology tests and that they thought it was something with their hearing and that you had kids who potentially could have had, you know, hearing aids or implants or whatever when that was never the issue. His issue is not being able to hear. He's able to hear fine. Yeah, and we did have to go through auditory testing at the beginning (laughs) when he was younger to kind of to rule that out because it's a very hard diagnosis. Um, And they actually don't officially diagnose diagnose it until the age of three um, when kids are actually speaking well. So if your child is not speaking well, then, you know, that's a path to go and to look into. What kind of a community have you found in the last year? I mean, you said that a year ago you were you know, sort of hesitant and feeling your way, et cetera. So a year later, what is the, what is the aproxia community, so to speak, look like? So um, first of all, there's, there's a website, apraxiakids.org, which has been incredibly helpful in finding therapists and finding articles and research and information. That's been, that's been unbelievably helpful to us. Um, Also, Facebook has really been helpful. There are so (laughs) many Facebook groups out there about apraxia and kids with apraxia. And the tricky part is that every kid who has apraxia presents differently. Um, apraxia often comes with a comorbidity. So there are kids with other issues too, in addition to apraxia. Um, so just hearing about the different therapies people try and hearing about you know, how, how people relate to this child or their struggles or their successes. Um, you know, every, every little step is a big celebration in the world of apraxia. So just having people to connect with who understand that. Um, is really incredible. Uh, and I've gotten a lot of people asking me about their kid saying, you know, I have a two and a half year old who sounds like this might be apraxia. What do I do? Um, so that's been really great to kind of lead those people and people and guide them to see if that is the issue and to see how they can get their help. 
How many times have you said the words, I'm not a diagnostician? (laughs) (laughs) Frequently. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, right. Obviously, your shared experiences are are important, et cetera. But at the end of the day, if people are not making this diagnosis until three, you're not making it when the kid is two and a half and you're not making it on somebody else's kid. (laughs) Right. For sure. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) How have things uh, improved with with uh, Moshe overall in terms of the social? I remember that being something that we discussed last year. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely still a struggle. Um, you know, when, when, when kids play, they talk, you know, they tell stories and they ask questions and that's very, very difficult for him. And he's not there yet. Um, Moshe's play is very parallel play. So he loves other kids. He is so much more comfortable around other kids. Um, and he loves to play and he loves to laugh and run. So kids are very amazing. Kids are amazing and they're including him. Um, and, and it's okay that his language isn't there. So while, you know, as adults, we're watching and concerned and everything, he's having fun and he's not aware that it's difficult for him. Um, but we are, you know, one of his goals always is that reciprocal play instead of the parallel play. Mm. Um, so even saying, oh, I have a cow. What do you have? You know, something like that is is too hard for him at this point. Right. Well, I'll tell you the video that you posted, I think it was yesterday or the day before of him counting. Yeah. I, I, I mean, first of all, he could not be any cuter. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, he is adorable, but, and, um, very strong genes, shall I say on the <laughs> maternal side, but, um, yeah, like, like, yeah, he's Shlomo's great, but he's not there. There is no, <laughs> he's all Joel, that boy, but the, the, the connection, and I mean this sincerely, the connection that I felt to Moshe, I don't know if it's because, you know, you and I have spoken or because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so comfortable and, and, uh, and, you know, obsessed with your family. But I connected with this video in such a way that listening to him count, I was like, way to go, Moshe. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's really um, it's really amazing. Again, every every little forward step is just a celebration. Um, you know, again, kids with apraxia have, have things that come along with it. So fine motor delays and, and learning issues. So even counting to 10 was something he couldn't do last year. You know, he didn't understand what the numbers meant. Um, so really this year in kindergarten has been such a tremendous year of both learning academics, you know, as well as being able to say what he can learn. That's incredible. Um, so really the, the, incredible. the concept of numbers, I didn't even... That didn't even yeah. hit me until you just mentioned it. And then, of course, we should mention the the incredible adaptive technology that's out there that can help mm-hmm. a kid like Moshe until he is able to speak completely on his own, speak on his own. Mm-hmm. Right. So he has, um, we call it his talker. So he has an iPad that has a special program on it. Um, it's an AAC device. It's another device that helps him speak. So his program is called Proloquo, um, and it has buttons on on the front page of it and he can pick what topic he wants to go into so if he wants to tell me something specific he wants for breakfast he pushes the the food button and it opens up page for him of lots of choices of food and then he it speaks for him and he repeats the word so it's really um a tool for him to share his thoughts and ideas and to to share with us what he wants and then he also gets the practice of saying the word after hearing it that's incredible yeah yeah, it's really amazing. He uses it. We're encouraging it at home. But since we can kind of understand his gestures and his speech, he doesn't use it as much at home. 
But when he's in the world and people don't know and people right. can't understand him, it's a great, great tool to have. Wow. That's, that's an unbelievable thing. That's really unbelievable. So I, I, I look forward to speaking to you in a year. <laughs> great. <laughs> what kind of, what, but, but before I leave you or before you leave us, what kind of predictions do you have for Moshe over the next year? Uh, so he's, he's beginning to learn how to read, which is really interesting. Um, you know, reading is a whole thing we're looking into also because can they read if and if they can't say the word out loud? Mm. So that's something we're really learning a lot about now. Um, you know, I think socially he'll learn how to how to really relate to kids a little bit. Um, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> wow. That's listen with with, the, with his attitude. Right. And his outlook, yeah. which is so infectious. I mean, that smile is, is unbelievable. And of course, the incredible support that you and Shlomo provide for him and all of the therapists that I'm sure are in place, etc. I mean, we've seen, we've seen great strides from Moshe, but we've seen nothing yet. He is capable of, of I can't wait to see what he is capable of. I fully believe that. Yeah, we'll be I'm, very surprised in a year, hopefully. Absolutely. And again, the, the website, if people are looking for more information, is aproxiakids.org? Yes, correct. Aproxiakids.org. National Apraxia Awareness Month. Ariella, thank you so much. And thank you for sharing everything that you do on Facebook, frankly, because it's your advocacy that brought the awareness to me. And I'm happy to be able to share it with our audience. Thank you. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Speak to you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, I, this is when I usually sign off, but I'm not because we have to do the national holidays and I have to do my fortune cookies. So let's do the national holidays. And today is May 19th, which is a big holiday at Casa della Walla because we have birthdays. So happy birthday to the Wallachs who deserve a big happy birthday on this auspicious day. It's also National Scooter Day. Yeah, by the way, not for nothing, but if you use a scooter or your kids use a scooter and you're not wearing a helmet or you don't make sure that your kid is wearing a helmet, I mean, you should not celebrate National Scooter Day. Then you should go out and buy a helmet and celebrate National Helmet Day. Never be on a scooter without a helmet. I don't care how old you are. It's also National Boys Club Day. That's nice. And National Asian and Pacific Islander Awareness Day. Okay, there you go. Um, let's also, by the way, oh, there we are. There's my fortune cookie. I have a whole bag of fortune cookies in the car because we're going to keep it stocked here in our New Jersey studio. Here we go with the fortune. I learn by going where I have to go. I, I'm going to read that one more time. I learn by going where I have to go. I don't, I, I don't even understand what it means. If you have a take on what this means, you can email me, Miriam at NahumSiegel.com. I learn by going where I have to go. I'm sorry. I got nothing on this one, but you've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and a full afternoon of programming continues. Lots of music today. Yep, lots of music. We are out of our Sphera format and heavily into our back-to-normal format here on Lagba Omer. Yassi's Wagon, the live lunch, continue. We'll pick up the show, I should say, at 11 a.m. And, of course, a full day of programming. Nahum, join Nahum tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And he's, as he hosts JM in the a.m., Malcolm Holmline scheduled to join him at 7.40 in the morning. Saturday Night Seagull, hosted by Avrami. 
Motzei Shabbat starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then Matis, Matis with the pregame, I guess you could call it. Pre-game show starting at 7 a.m. J.M. Sunday, of course, to be followed by our return of the parade show coverage. Yep, I can't wait. 11.30 will be on 5th Avenue. My thanks to Nahum, who has really, I mean, he's taking care of this. God knows he has taken care of this, and I, I know how he feels. I know how he feels. The parade show ain't easy, but Nahum, ZK, Yoni, Mark, I mean, the whole crew. The boys are back together, folks. Look forward to seeing you on Sunday. I close today with Avram Rosenblum's and Diaspora's Um Bar Yochai, right? It's Lagba Omer. How else could we celebrate Lagba Omer? That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Ashrei in Ra'atu Lev Chacham Yeskil Pihu Adoneinu Bar Yochai Baruch Hu Mi Pielion Kadosh Hu Merayon
Thank you. 